Shalom and welcome to Torah to the People, a podcast from Temple Israel in Memphis, Tennessee. I'm Rabbi Micah Greenstein. We hope you enjoy this selection of our sermons, classes, and conversations with inspiring people from across the Bluff City and around the world. Imagine the police or the government storming into temple and telling us that we cannot light the Shabbat candles or the Hanukkah candles. Yeah, sounds terrible. Uh, or that we can't sing Lachadodi or, or make challah or latkes. What would you do? What would we do? How would we fight back? This holiday of Hanukkah, of course, commemorates the story of the Maccabees, who stood up to the Seleucids, the Greek-influenced Syrian empire that insisted not on killing Jewish bodies, but on stamping out the Jewish soul, telling us how we could or could not practice Judaism, worship God, study Torah, and come together as a community. And we all know that the Maccabees, led by the famous Judah Maccabee, who himself came from a priestly family, that they led a revolt against the mighty Seleucids and once again secured Jewish freedom. But what you might not know, or at least might not remember, is that the Maccabees' struggle was not only against the Seleucids. The Hanukkah story is not just about overcoming external threats, but it's also a tale of internal Jewish strife and division. The Maccabees were a group of religious zealots who fought against the influence of Hellenized Jews, Jews who over the prior two centuries had embraced the culture of the Greeks who lived in their midst. Jews had begun taking both Greek and Hebrew names. Sound familiar? My English name is Jeff, of course, but my Hebrew name is Yitzhak Yehuda. Many Hellenized Jews forsook forsook the Shabbat and kosher laws to better fit in with their Hellenized neighbors. And some, some Jewish men went so far as to undergo the painful and risky procedure of a reverse circumcision just so that they could attend the Greek gymnasium in the appropriate uniform. You guessed it, their birthday suit. The Greek obsession with physical beauty and form was just one of the many influences that the Maccabees fought against. And in the words of Rabbi Alex Israel, a lecturer at the pluralistic Yeshiva Pardes in Jerusalem, the atmosphere out of which the Maccabean revolt grew was one of spiritual conflict. The question was the degree to which Jews would adopt Greek culture the sport, the pagan gods, the logic and philosophy, the worship of body, the mythology, the systemic thinking. Greek culture was an attractive culture and Jews were adopting it unquestioned. So the Maccabees came in to fight not only the Greeks, but the Hellenistic Jews only too ready to adopt their lifestyle. This was a battle for the soul of Judaism. On the other hand, Though we often think of Judaism as a distinct and continuous tradition that has remained unchanged since we received the Torah at Mount Sinai, 
The reality is that Judaism has always been, has always been influenced by traditions and teachings from our neighbors. As much as the Maccabees fought the influence of the Greeks, the word for the building that we are standing in right now, synagogue, is a Greek word that means place of assembly. And what could be more quintessentially Jewish than a Passover Seder? But a Seder is really an adaptation of the Greek symposium, a dinner party and a discussion. And afikomen is not Hebrew for dessert, but Greek. And the early rabbis of the Mishnah, they were deeply influenced by Greek philosophy. Stoic ideas about the tension between God's omniscience and free will made their way into Pirkei Avot, Rabbinic Judaism's earliest text. Avot, Pirkei Avot 3.15 says, quote, everything is foreseen, yet freedom of choice is granted and the world is judged with goodness. That reads just like Marcus Aurelius. Greek ideas made their way not just onto the Jewish table, but into our theology. Another example, remember how in the Torah we've been reading, especially in Genesis, the patriarchs had so many wives? It wasn't until Jews began to live among Christians in Europe who only allowed marriage between one man and one woman that Jewish polygamy was outlawed in the 11th century. And Maimonides, the Rambam, one of the most influential Jewish thinkers of the past thousand years, was himself deeply influenced by the philosophy of his Muslim neighbors. And the Jewish uh, poets and liturgists, Yehuda Halevi and Solomon ibn Gebirol, their Pew team and their love poems about God have direct parallels to the Spanish Muslim writers of their day. And of course, in our day, in the modern period, Judaism has incorporated so many values that the outside world has taught us. Equality for men and women, respect for LGBTQ rights, an understanding that all cultures and peoples deserve dignity and respect. And as modern, and especially as reformed Jews who live outside a majority Jewish culture, That is our challenge, but it's also our opportunity. Balancing what to retain and embrace from our tradition as Jews with the lessons, some good, some bad, from the outside world. But I would contend, and I suspect that many of you would as well, that Judaism is truly better off because we have changed with the times and because we adapted and adopted the best of the cultures that surround us. But unfortunately in Israel, in Israel today, that kind of Judaism is under threat. After only three quarters of a century, the Jewish state, which was founded on enlightenment values, borrowed from other nations, founded as a national home for all Jews, and which would give equal rights and dignity to its non-Jewish citizens, Israel seems intent on regressing, on throwing out the lessons from other nations and peoples that have made Judaism better. In the words of the president of the Union for Reform Judaism, our leader as a movement, Rabbi Rick Jacobs, he says, quote, Loud voices within the new Israeli government are distinguished by their hatred for those who are not like them, 
non-Orthodox Jews, LGBTQ plus individuals, Palestinian Israeli citizens, Palestinians, immigrants, and others by their hatred for them. The extremist political agenda of this new government is profoundly distressing, representing radical policy shifts that are antithetical to the core values of liberal Jews. End quote. What was for three quarters of a century the culmination of Jewish values in a modern world is under severe threat. And what should, what can, what must we do about it? Rabbi Jacobs says that we must, quote, fight with the same determination as the Maccabees. We must fight for religious pluralism and equality in Israel with law and democracy as our weapons. And we must drive out the darkness by bringing the light of equality and compassion and justice. We North American Jews can either walk away or we can lean in with all our might. As American Jews who live here as a minority, surrounded by people who are different from us, we can see firsthand how important it is to fight for equality, to fight for minority rights, and to fight for religious freedom. So let us work once again to reconsecrate, to rededicate our national home, our spiritual home, to be the kind of society that the prophet Isaiah knew we could be, an or legoyim, a light unto the nations. In the words of Rabbi Jacobs, we will not let the darkness overtake the light. The light shines brightly when we celebrate the many authentic ways our people live out their Jewish commitment. The light shines brightly whenever we are partisans for justice and compassion. And as inaugural poet Amanda Gorman said, there is always light. If only we are brave enough to see it. If only we are brave enough to be it. So this Hanukkah and in this year ahead, may we be brave enough to be it. Kenihi may it be God's will.